All right, thank you everybody for tuning in to another episode of Nightmare on Sedgwick Avenue. This is season four, episode, I believe, eight now, I believe. Um, and today I have a really dope special guest. I've been meaning to have him on um, since like a couple seasons back, but finally came around full circle. Um, he is uh, goes by Wesley, but uh, he has a podcast called Drop the Mic, which we'll be talking about. Um, he's here from San Diego, and then he also has uh, screenings that he does with the digital gym that's run by the Media Arts Center. So without further ado, let me bring him on the screen here. Hey, Wes. Hey, how's it going? Good. Thank you again for, you know, taking the time to meet uh, today and get to know you a little bit more. Um, I obviously give it a brief introduction, but if you don't mind, just kind of like talking about what it is that you do, like obviously you're a podcast host uh, and then you also have like screenings that you do. If you want to just talk about a little bit about what you do and, and how you got into all this. Sure, sure. Uh, okay. So my name is Wesley Swanson. I've lived uh, in San Diego my entire life. Uh, so about Five and a half years ago, I started a pop pop culture podcast called Drop the Mic uh, with a few of my friends, and we've been going strong ever since. We basically uh, do a movie review every every week, every weekend. We release new content, and we talk about like uh, fresh like pop culture news, what's going on in Hollywood, as well as um, uh, weekly recommendations. So, what of what all the co hosts have been. Uh, watching uh, from episode to episode, so it's been it's been pretty fun. I also um, have my own, uh, how would you say, like enamel pin shop. I go by yeah. a pin apart, and I recently merged with uh, one of my best friends, um, Susie Soto. Also has a shop called House of Char. So we combined our two shops um, together, and so we we release. Um, how do you say? Uh, art and or wearable wearable art um together oh okay so. that's pretty dope yeah and i've seen it like you have at some of the screenings too right where you have like your little like merch table going on and everything yeah, yeah. yes yes exactly yeah that's pretty dope and i'll show it in a second too because i can show like your um your your actual ig so i'll show the other one too the pin apart um yeah and, and then obviously like you said you do your your podcast and everything um how did that come about though like when did that start or where did the idea come from like to do like movie reviews and with your friends and start a podcast awesome thank you for asking so uh about was five years ago because it was the same year that i decided to start it i used to work at and i can say this because i don't work there anymore yeah. uh the san diego <laughs> convention center okay. uh right where of course the the mecca of all geek stuff um uh, kind of comes together is San Diego Comic-Con International. And uh, one of my favorite filmmakers and comedians, Kevin Smith, he usually does something like in Hall H, right? Mm -hmm. And so this one year, five years ago, uh, he had a big um, kind of panel for himself. And he just kind of just talks about life and gives advice and does all this kind of cool stuff. So I was, mm -hmm. I happened to be working in Hall H uh for that comic con and uh he he basically was talking about how you know he loves to podcast and it, it's so interesting because he is able to create these memories record these memories and share them with with the the public but they really are 
for him where he'll interview like you know he dropped examples like he interviewed his mom and then uh while she was on edibles <laughs> that's cool Yes. So going back to that, uh, basically, he, he he dropped this really cool example where he was saying how he interviewed his mom while she was on edibles and that it was like being able to document all of these things was super interesting in a way, you know, like you're creating these singular time capsules to go back in time and, and uh, relive them later on when family members or friends or whoever maybe have passed on by this time, you know. Yeah. That, it's uh, it's super interesting and really cool, and that really um, spoke to me. And I was like, you know, I could do this. Why don't I start a podcast? And that's where the idea stemmed from. And then, of course, I grew up in a household that was very much full of kind of pop culture and movies and television, and mm-hmm. so that's that's what I know. And yeah, um, that's I guess why I chose that kind of content to release. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I didn't even think about that, but it's true. Yeah, you are capturing moments that you otherwise wouldn't have gotten, you know, if, if you hadn't done like actually recording this stuff. Um, and why why drop the mic? Obviously, like it's like a common like thing where we're like, oh, drop the mic type of thing. But what why what made you name it that? <laughs> uh, that's that's a hard one. Um, I just thought it sounded uh, sounded cool, and at the time when I researched it, it, it there was drop maybe drop the mic but no podcasts when we started this one Mm -hmm. so that uh i was i guess just trying to be how do you say like uh funny like in a snarky way just like drop the mic i just thought it rolled off the tongue yeah Um, and when you when you how do you say uh when you telling somebody or pitching your idea it's it sounds like oh what dropped a mic you know like epic almost yeah that's true <laughs> that's pretty cool um and what made you like obviously like you said you uh, you review all types of movies but i know during the fall you mentioned that you do like more mostly focus on horror films like obviously there's like a horror podcast so what made you fall in love with like the horror genre uh, well, I was raised by my grandparents and uh, my grandmother in particular was always kind of um, interested in the kind of like that macabre culture, uh, culture like uh, Poltergeist and Nightmare on Elm Street and the original Halloween. So it kind of stemmed from there is those movies were just always in the house and I would watch them, watch those tapes on a regular basis. And it kind of fueled my um, interest in seeking uh, more. And so I just... I, I like I love I love movies in general or in, mm-hmm. and television in general, but I always kind of lean towards like the darker stuff because it's just it's it's more fun and I feel like um, you're able to get away, push the envelope, and uh, you know more than you can with like other I guess genres and subgenres. Yeah, that's true. And um, one thing I like to ask people because uh, not all horror films have to scare you, but like for you, what do you think? It's like the why we love to be scared. Like, what do you think it's, it's about us humans that we lo- enjoy being scared for, for those that love horror movies, of course. <laughs> uh, that's a kind of a loaded question, but I would say personally, <laughs> like the, like the fear of the unknown and uh, the psychology, mm-hmm. the psychology behind it is very interesting that it's, it's kind of like, when you go to a theme park and certain people hate roller coasters and certain people love, love that feeling, even though it's super weird, but you, you know, it's, it's almost like you can't really 
explain why you're drawn to it. It's yeah. just kind of, it is, you know, it just is. <laughs> That's true, yeah. And for sure, like an adrenaline type of rush, kind of like what, mm-hmm. the, like you said, like the roller coaster people, because for me, like I hate roller coasters, but being scared is like, I don't know, it like makes you feel like you're alive, you know, like it's like I'm still alive with that when you get that yeah. jump scare. Um, like actually just today I was like opening my door and like some Amazon guy was like just there and I just fucking got scared. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, and what do you think for you? What is like, what does fear mean to you? Like, how do you define fear? Oh, wow. <sighs> You're really bringing it with these questions. <laughs> so we can go back to it. <laughs> Okay, I'll break it down like this. Um, so although I love like the slasher kind of subgenre, what 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 is scary to me is the more paranormal because you can't physically fight a ghost or a poltergeist or a phenomenon like that. You know, you're almost uh, helpless. So I guess like to to break it down, uh, the I guess fear of what happens after death and mm-hmm. and. <clears throat> And the fear, I guess, of the unknown is that's what's uh, deeply scary to me is just all of these unexplained occurrences and what if they were to happen to you, I guess. I don't know if that answered. Yeah, Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) That's true, though. Yeah, because everybody defines it differently. For me, like I was, um, I had another interview I did this week, too, uh, for the podcast. And I told them, like, for me, the newest thing that's scary, that's scary to me, like before, when I was a kid, obviously, it's like the scary, like monsters or whatever. But now as I've mm-hmm. grown older, it's like more films kind of like, I know it's like a mixed review, but like hereditary because it's like things that um, are in the real world that um, are real that can happen to you. Like not knowing a family member like that. The hereditary is like a perfect example of like not knowing your own family member, like that they were part of a cult and all this stuff. Or like yeah. um, there was another film I watched, The Innocence. I don't know if you've, if you've heard of it, but it's like I think it's like Norwegian. It just came out this year, I think. And it's about mm-hmm. little kids that have like superpowers, but how it can go wrong because, you know, kids are all f- filled of emotion and that's how they react to things. So like imagine having superpowers and being like an emotional kid and like your parent pisses you off, like, you know, like, so stuff like that, like unsettling for me, that's what fear is, um, stuff that hits closer to home, I guess. Um, yeah. And for you, what's like, do you have like a greatest fear? Have you overcome it? Or do you think you ever will if you haven't? uh greatest fear <sighs> i would say my top two would be uh probably i have a fear of heights uh that i don't really talk about very often and then a fear i have a weird phobia with driving which is why i don't if you know me you know that i haven't i've never i know how to drive but mm-hmm. i don't go out of my way to uh, to drive in real life, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so I guess I haven't really overcome it yet. <laughs> where, where did that fear come from? You think like, was there like a car accident or something? Or is just something that's just kind of like, just kind of creeps you out? Yeah. Um, as a kid, my mother was a super kind of reckless uh, driver. Uh-huh. Um, sorry, sorry to put her on blast with this, but, <laughs> but yeah, it kind of stems from that. It was just, uh, I just kind of lost interest after that. And it's also like maybe, uh, no pun intended, uh, like a hereditary genetic thing where a lot of people in my, in my family uh, don't drive or have a phobia of it. So it's, I think it was just passed down too as well. 
Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, like me, I'm scared of heights for sure. Like, that's one thing. Like, I don't do roller coasters. I, obviously, if I have to fly somewhere, I will, but it's not like my favorite thing to do. Um, yeah. For, for you, like, obviously, with the, with the driving, like, the fear of driving and all that stuff, like, do you feel like, because we talk about it a lot, like, in, in the group that I hang out with, it's like facing, you know, your fears. Like, would you ever, like, try to, like, overcome it? Or you think it's something that's like, ah, oh, it's, it's too scary. Like, I might just, like, leave it alone. Or what do you think? No, yeah, I I, I want to. Um, yeah. I definitely, it's on my my list of, of things to to overcome. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. we'll manifest that for you. <laughs> um, and what's um, what would be like your favorite scary movie? Or I usually ask for the top five, but I know it constantly changes for people. Like for me, it does. But what would be yours? Top horror film ever. Yeah. <laughs> Top five, if you can. Top five. Well, my top two would probably be, or top three, I'll go number one, The Exorcist. Number two, John Carpenter's original Halloween 78. Uh, number three, The Thing. Uh, four, um, Sam Raimi's original Evil Dead. And five, I'll say uh, a nightmare on Elm Street, uh, Dream Warriors. Okay, good picks. <laughs> um, for you, like, what would be? Because I usually like to ask people, like, obviously there's all these remakes, you know, like originals. But for you, what's one like? If you would like to have something to have like seen on the screen, like a horror movie, like what would you like to see? Like, what kind of horror movie would you like to see made on the big screen that you haven't seen before? That I haven't seen before. Can you elaborate more on like that? if you uh, could create your own horror movie, pretty much? Like, what, what would it, what would you create? You know, I like um, I like weird movies like uh, Green Room, where they, mm -hmm. they they there's this tension created when these people get into this kind of almost surreal scenario. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, so not, I wouldn't remake Green Room, but mm -hmm. I tend to lean towards movies like that where just shit hits the fan real quick, but it's also grounded in in reality. Yeah, uh, I love I love that that style. You know. Yeah, that's a good one because I like it because yeah, you can start to see the people's characters too. Like how how would what would they do in those scenarios? Like would you be the bad guy or the good guy? Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because I was just actually I just finished watching. Um, I'm I'm doing that Nightmare on Film Street like a horror movie challenge where it's like a, a horror movie a day or whatever. Um, and today's like Me game. Too. Oh, you do okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. it's the game gone wrong, right? So I I picked oh. um Circle because I've never seen it. And I, I was, it's more psychological. I don't even think it was horror for me. Like after I finished watching it, but it kind of reminded me of what you were just talking about, like where these people are put in this like situation. They have to like you know figure out who they want to survive, and it's like all these people like show like their true colors like people are homophobic racist like all this shit and i'm like damn like i think i'm like what would i do in those like in that scenario like because it's like people's lives are on on your hands you know yeah yeah um and for you um how do you feel like the horror genre is doing like in this era like do you feel like it's it's thriving like do you like the movies that are coming out or or do you think they can be better like what's your take on on the horror genre right now 
uh, as a fan, first and foremost, I'm just happy to be alive and in this kind of new golden age of horror, whether, yeah. you know, not all of them are bangers, mm-hmm. but I understand <laughs> that. Uh, but, but like I said, I'm just happy to be <clears throat> still in my youth and, and seeing all of this, re- like a resurgence for the subgenre. So, you know, with that, I'm just very, very thankful. Um, and yeah, to to answer your question, um, I'm, I'm just happy that there's enough of an audience where studios are at least trying to put stuff out. Yeah. Um, like the fact that, you know, 2018's Halloween um, made, I feel like that, that really put horror back on the market or, or on the, on the map um, as far as studios really figuring out like, oh yeah, people will go out and, pay money to to see this type of stuff so you can say what you want about yeah. that movie yeah. but it really it, it it helped for um our culture the subculture um as far as hollywood really accepting embracing horror and at least trying to give us stuff so i'm happy that's true yeah, yeah. and what do you like what's the latest like maybe like a newest horror movie that you've seen that 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 you've liked like recently in the past maybe decade Oh, um, I really, really liked uh, X and uh, and Pearl from Ty West. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I enjoyed X. I haven't seen Pearl yet. I I need to watch that one. I've heard good things about it, like the, yeah. the monologue at the end or something. <laughs> yeah, if, if you liked if you, you liked X, which I'm pretty sure you did, right? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah I loved it. You, yeah. You'll, you'll love Pearl. It's like Wizard of Oz on acid or something. Oh my God. <laughs> And he has another one coming up, right? Like a third, like a, it's going to be like a trilogy, right? I think he said. Yeah. Uh, it's called Max Maxine. So it's going to go nice. back into the, basically uh, show you what happens after she, uh, she survives. Spoilers, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> after, what happens to Maxine after the events of X? Oh, that's going to be dope. Yeah, I'm excited. I think like he should win an award for that. Like, <laughs> because... I was like, he did all these like during the pandemic. I'm like, I don't think I've seen anybody do like a back to back. Maybe I could be wrong, but I don't think I've seen somebody do back to back in the same year, like the same director. I don't know if, you, if that if you even know, but that she, he no, should get an award for that. <laughs> no, that's something that's really not uh, done too often. And I believe what I read was that Ty West had what budget left over from X. So mm-hmm. he shot the prequel in secret. So A24 didn't even know that he was doing this. It was like wow. a, a very like top secret thing. And that's why he was able to release both like, cause X just came out earlier yeah, this year. This year yeah. oh, you know, Pearl's already out and people are loving it. So it's a huge kind of milestone, I think, especially for horror. And it makes me excited too. Cause he's going to start, hopefully he starts to trend and, yeah. and other film will, you know, be inventive like that. Yeah, cool. that'd be cool. Because, I mean, I wonder if Maxine is going to come out before the year ends. I don't know if, if they've done a release date yet, but that'd be cool <laughs> if it came out at Christmas or something, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, And then one thing I wanted to talk about uh, with you as well, and I think it was uh, like I've gone to some of these screenings before, like way before the pandemic happened, kind of pa- put a pause to it, but I've seen that you, it's picked up again. So you do these screenings with the Digital Gym, shout out to them. Um, yep. And you do all different types, like I said, uh, types of movies. You just had um, Ghost Ghost Dog, right? I believe is the yes. Yeah. Um, can you talk about like that partnership or how it happened and what your goal is with with the screenings? 
could you uh, could you ask me one more time? You, oh. you were cutting out. Oh, sorry. Um, I said, uh, could you talk a little bit about like the partnership you had with uh, with the digital gym and how that came about and what your goal is with the with the screenings? Okay. Yeah. Um, so when I started my podcast, uh, I had no idea that it was going to get so serious. But I've invested so much money into equipment and uh, obviously time releasing. Not a lot of podcasts release content every week the yeah. way that we do, and I take a lot of pride in that, right? But um, and I just wanted to do more for the community. And I know uh, as as much as I love San Diego, there's not a lot of, of how do you say like um, special screenings where they yeah. do. Um, uh, you know, movies maybe that are, are vintage, vintage stuff, retro stuff, or just mm -hmm. like, for example, like when Logan, the Logan Noir stuff dropped, they only did that like in LA and maybe New York, it was very specific areas. So then in my head, I was like, uh, why don't we take the podcast as a platform and um, do something for our community where we bring this give them a night where they can like uh, experience something like this on the big screen. So it was just coming from a, um, the perspective of a fan that wanted to do more. And uh, it took me a while to get in like uh, on good terms with digital gym where they knew me and, and, and mm -hmm. we developed a great um, relationship. Shout out to Christian Perez Franco, who has been, so kind to me uh one of the managers over there um but yeah so a few years ago we did what was the first one we did ever was the logan noir black and white which was a sold out crowd um and then and then uh maybe a year or two later we did mad, mad max fury road but the black and chrome edition which was also sold out um ironically we did the Evil Dead 2013, uh, like maybe a year after that, um, which is, I have an episode coming out soon, cheap plug. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, what was, and then of course the one that you went to was we did the faculty, faculty. right before the, yeah. the pandemic. Um, and, and then Ghost Dog, I feel like I'm forgetting one, but, you guys get the picture. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's just, it's a whole lot of fun and it's a way to kind of interact with your listeners or get people who maybe are unfamiliar with the podcast, like in the County to interact and just um, uh, give back to the community. Cause that's what it's all about, you know? Yeah, that's pretty cool. And um, how did that, uh, what's the next like a uh, screening that you guys have coming up? Is there, do you guys kind of like, um, organize it as it comes or how, how in advance do you guys plan these screenings so these because um or at least usually we have to talk uh, negotiate with the studios um mm -hmm. to see what they're willing to to do mm -hmm. so the the next um the next one that i'm trying to do is something that came out recently but because i am not it's not concrete i can't really i don't really want to say on okay. there case it doesn't happen but it's going to be awesome and i think you'll be into it too okay. uh it came out within the last couple of months and it was a big big deal um okay. so and uh yeah. and then you're shooting for this month or you're shooting for next month you think because it depends on the studio right when they get back to you or 
Yeah. So hopefully, because we already did Ghost Dog for October, we're going to shoot for either November or December. Okay, cool. Yeah, I'll definitely stay tuned for that. Yeah, I think it's really cool what you're doing because, like you said, like not a lot of um, cinemas or like uh, other, you know, theaters do that anymore. I think I was just talking about uh, that with um, Cinebeth, where she does with KPBS, and we're talking about how she does her events too, where she screens films, but. Not a mm-hmm. lot of people screen like old school films, even if they're like in the 90s. I, they're not for me, it's not old school, but for for like the younger generation, like, oh, super old school or like 80s, yeah. 70s, all that stuff. It's, it's cool to see that, you know, on the big screen. If you've never seen it to get to to be able to see it again, because like for me, like I love going to see those films like Scream 2 is, is coming up on its anniversary. I think it's like the 25th, I believe. And they're gonna 25th, yeah. right, and then they're gonna be like um, showing it in theaters, and it's cool because I never got a chance to go see it. I think it was like a kid when that movie came out, so mm-hmm. it's kind of cool that you're doing th- that for you know for the audience and even for younger younger people that have never seen the movie too, um, getting the opportunity to like see a movie that they've never seen. Yeah, because they might have fallen in love with it, you know, when when they were little and uh, at home. Mm-hmm. So it's just a <clears throat> a great opportunity to see certain stuff certain films like in a different format or the way that it was originally intended you know exactly yeah that's pretty cool congrats on that um and i hope it like keeps you know going because that's really cool uh for the community and everything and and talking about like the community and all that like um one thing i like to ask because i know san diego we have like little patches of like a horror community but we don't have it i guess compared to like la or like other places like that like I think Orange County too has like a, a huge horror community for you. What do you think? Um, do you think San Diego has like a thriving horror community or why and why not? And how do you think we can help to like, you know, make it more, more big, I guess, to, for lack of better words. Um, I would like to think that we have a, a big uh, horror community down here. I think that it's it really is up to up to us that we go out and support, especially like in theaters, like new films when they come out. Like if you don't show up, mm-hmm. um, a good example of this would be when I went I went opening uh, or preview night to see Candyman, mm-hmm. and I was I was one of maybe five like in a giant uh, theater, and that movie was amazing. So it's yeah. like. Come on, guys, you got to come out. But I do believe I believe that we do have a thriving uh, community. But you just you guys uh, guys got to make the effort or they're going to stop. They're going to stop like uh, producing these movies and then everyone's going to be sad, you know? Yeah. And what do you think about like having events? You know how like they have like an Orange County. I think they just had like the October Village. I think like Witches Brew, like they have like little collectives, like art collectives, yes. I guess, like. What do you think for here for San Diego? Because I know, like, I just interviewed, like, Malvicho, shout out to them. They have, like, a, a, a horror store in Logan. Um, yeah. Like, places like that, like, how do you think we can, like, grow that, you think? Or is it just kind of, like you said, like, maybe, like, get gathering of minds and, like, you know, getting everybody together to, like, be able to have something like that, you know? Yeah, I, I think it's just, um, well, don't they have, what is it called, horrorgasm or something? Yes, or, shout out to them, too, yeah. Um, things like that is how collectively like fans are going to come out or just because you can have fans that are isolated and maybe hermits the way that you and I are (laughs) where they don't go very much. Yeah. They're just unaware. So uh, I think it's just boils down to, to marketing and really 
filling out and, and, and making it known that there are like-minded people in the, in the county, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Um, and uh, for you, like, obviously, we just talked about um, what you have going on with the digital gym and then your podcast. Like, for you, what has been your greatest, like, accomplishment uh, so far, either creatively or, or personally? Oh, just, um, I think, wow, that's hard. Um, just keeping, I think, um, not missing like a single episode. If anything, sometimes we release bonus episodes. So that'll be two episodes in one, one week. And so for almost five and a half years, we haven't missed anything for every week. And oh, wow. so I take, yeah. <laughs> Like, uh, especially going through the pandemic and, and everything that happened with that, all the co-hosts had to start patching in, you know, remotely for safety reasons and stuff. And, mm -hmm. and we were able to kind of keep pushing on and, uh, and I'm pretty proud of that. Yeah, that's pretty impressive. Like, you know, they have, keep it going. Like, cause I know I, like, I get lazy sometimes where it's like, oh, I don't want to drop anything, you know? So that's really impressive. Um, yeah. And what's some advice you would give to someone who start to trying to start a podcast? <clears throat> um, I would say just listen to your instincts and uh, invest in you know good mic rigs and a, a reliable like just make sure your gear is is reliable and um, don't don't listen to singular people where they're trying to tell you to to cut cut down your content or it's too long or make it short, you know, cause we live in this YouTube generation. Um, sadly where a lot of people, I feel like they have a shorter attention spans. Yeah. Uh, and that's not a, I'm not trying to throw shade at anybody or anything, <laughs> but I just feel like it's part of the culture now where we want TikTok stuff that's really fast and tells us something. And then we move on to the next, you know? Yeah. Um, but But if you have an idea for a podcast, um, don't necessarily um, listen to to singular criticism, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. no, that's that's a good advice. Yeah, because um, I agree on that part of like the short attention span. Like I never try to like, that's one thing when I, when I started the podcast, I was like, I'm not going to limit myself. Like I would like to have an hour just because me, myself, I love like watching interviews But I know there's like the younger generation at least, or and maybe even the older people too, some where they just want to take in content right away, like to get to the point and then move on to the next thing. But um, yeah. and um, back to like horror and everything, like for you, uh, obviously you do the, the drop the mic and you speak about, you know, the, the movies and all that for you, who would be your like favorite horror director or like same thing, top five, if you can't think of just one. Oh, favorite horror director um wow <laughs> okay uh i'll say one west craven r.i.p mm -hmm. we share the same birthday which is pretty rad oh well <laughs> uh, uh, <laughs> uh two uh john carpenter Of course, um, three, William Friedkin, uh, four, uh, Jordan Peele. 
mm-hmm. and five, we'll say Ari Aster. Okay. Yeah, those are good picks. Yeah, my my the first two are mine too. John Carpenter and Wes Craven are always up there for me. Um, and for you, like, um, because we talked about remakes and stuff like that. Um, what what do you prefer? Uh, versus like remakes versus originals. Does it or does it even matter to you? Or or what are your thoughts on on that? Do I re- so? Are you asking? Do I prefer ri- originals over remakes, or remakes over originals? Yeah, exactly. Either or, vice versa. Mm-hmm. Always, I'm gonna always lean towards the originals, no matter how old they are. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, going back to uh, the newest episode that I'm about to to release, like there's always like uh, a few in the bunch that are almost as good as the original so if I, yeah. if I had to pick thing like evil dead 2013 it kind of did its own thing and it took away the humor and and i thought i thought it was very very effective because of the fact that it's all practical uh effects yeah so sometimes like the uh there there are exceptions but there's a lot of uh, remakes and reboots and we're in this culture where that's becoming the norm where people are afraid to um, create original content. Yeah. Unless you're, you know, Jordan Peele or, uh, or somebody who has the money. I feel like a lot of people are afraid to make new stuff. So then they tend to go back just like uh, an example is AMC is putting out like an interview with the vampire show that's coming out soon, or maybe it's already out. But uh, I guess what I'm saying is uh, don't be afraid and make new, make new stuff yeah, too. Because <laughs> regurgitating uh, or rehashing stuff that we already seen is only going to last so long. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's true. Unless it's something where it was like it was bad to begin with and they can make it better, then maybe, you know, like like I agree with yeah. the Evil Dead was like a good one. Um, the thing, obviously John Carpenter's the thing was a good one too. So there's a, like a few, like you said, a few in the bunch. Um any like um horror recommendations, like movies that you feel like are slept on, maybe like a hidden gem that you don't think are like often recognized? Uh, a big one, and I'll shout out uh, Nightmare on Film Street because I'm doing the the 31 day horror challenge as well. Uh, for Australian, I picked Wolf Creek, mm-hmm. um, and posting, and I feel like nobody, uh, for some reason, I thought that was a big deal when it came out, like in back in 2004, 2005. But I feel like that one is slept on, and I'm not sure if it's because it's considered uh, foreign or something, but it's mm-hmm. it's. That's an um, amazing film. It's pretty grimy and, and not for the faint of heart. <laughs> yeah. You know, it's it's good. I have to rewatch that one because I saw that one on the list and I had seen it, but I, I saw it a long time ago. And wasn't there like a sequel? I know the sequel was probably like bad, but I remember there was like a sequel to it or whatever. And I remember seeing the first one maybe in theaters, but I, I honestly can't recall if it was good. So good thing you rem- you, you're saying it is good. Yeah. I, I couldn't remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, I saw... Go ahead. Okay, go, ahead. go ahead. I was just gonna say I saw uh, part two as well, and that's actually it's it's pretty good because they bring yeah. back the same guy, uh, okay. John Jarrett, I believe his name is, and then they did a Shutter original TV show that's so so good. Oh really? Okay, I have yeah. to I have to rewatch that then. 
Yeah, definitely. Um, and then the the last one, I know you mentioned The Exorcist. For me, that's one of the scariest movies. But for you, in your opinion, what's like the the scariest movie? Oh, the scariest movie that I've ever seen. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I would. Um, I'd probably have to go with you and say, as far as the time that it came out, and the fact that it really put, like, um, how do you say, like Catholicism, and the fact that exorcisms even exist, like in a cinematic way, it would be The Exorcist. Yeah, yeah, it has like I don't know. I feel like the seventies was always for all those films were scary to me. I don't know why they have like this like grimy like I don't know the way they filmed back then. I don't know what it was because even the um, Amityville, I don't even know if that was either late seventies or early eighties. Like the second one, that one I can never watch. Like finish watching that one, it's just creepy to me. Like the the guy, even I think they use practical effects on that one too. But um, the one where the guy gets possessed is just creepy to me. It was just like. I can't do that. <laughs> um, real quick, yeah, real quick. The since you brought up Amityville Horror, that's one that I feel like the uh, maybe this is a really hot take and it's going to piss off some of your uh, listeners or viewers. <laughs> but I kind of prefer the remake for Am the Amityville Horror with Ryan Reynolds over the original with uh, James James Bowen. I feel like the remake is a lot more scary and. You know, of course, it's a polished studio horror film, but I just feel like it's done better, if yeah. that makes sense. That's the first time I hear, yeah. I, I like the first one. I mean, like the original, but the, the the remake actually was, yeah, was decent with Ryan Reynolds. Like, And even the, um, they changed the backstory, too. Like the whole thing with mm -hmm. the guy living down there, I think, right? Because I don't think they had that in the original. No, it's not in the original. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Um I mean, that's that's it that I have for you. But usually before I, you know, have the guests like leave and everything, like, is there anything that you want to like, um, you know, shout out or share any like social media and all that stuff? Um, well, if you guys are interested in podcasts, pop culture podcasts, please follow us at, uh, at drop the mic underscore podcast on Instagram. And then we also have uh, Twitter. The handle on Twitter is at drop the mic pod which is it's pretty simple and um me both me and my co-host james warney are, are both attached to the um the instagram account so if you want to uh you know give us a follow and maybe recommend something for us to review or even um if you want to be a guest we can patch you in we're always open to that to to get a kind of round table happening with um different guests that's always an option so yeah check us out um also, if you want, uh, check out my uh, a pin apart uh, shop. I believe the um, the website itself is hoc.apa at bigcartel.com. Um, we have a bunch of uh, beautiful stuff on there: stickers, lapel pins, um, a bunch of crazy resin stuff that my best friend uh, Susie Soto, who's super talented, does all by hand. So check that out. That's pretty dope. Yeah. And, you know, keep going. Like, uh, like I tell everybody like that I have on here, like I, I pick and curate like who I pick as guests. And I, I think what you're doing is, is really dope. 
and amazing like for the community you know like the whole screenings your podcast i've been lucky to be part of one of your episodes and feel free to like you know i'm I'm willing to be on it again that, that was fun uh it was before the pandemic so it's cool that we did it in, in person um but yeah like go ahead and like he said follow drop the mic podcast um and thank you again wes for for being on today of course thank you for the invitation it was so fun and it meant a lot to me. So I'm a big fan of everything you're doing as well. Um, so don't ever stop. Thank you. All right. Uh, without further ado, then that was Wes uh, from Drop the Mic Podcast. Uh, except follow him on all social medias. His personal one is Swan, which is S-W-A-N-N-619. Or Drop the Mic, as you saw on here. And um, I'll share that in the link. But thank you guys for tuning in for another episode. If you liked it, go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube channel um, or our streaming as well. Thank you.